Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to mo- be the most under-researched podcast on the internet, while keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. And y'all, I missed you guys. It has been a week, <laughs> and uh, these Tuesday nights are like a nice little island in the storm. We are... Sadly, Island in the storm. Sadly, we're gonna let everybody know we were going to be joined by Jake Jay Skipworth, but he had a better, more important podcast invite him, so he canceled on us the last minute to record with him instead. <laughs> the real story is Jay had a migraine. <laughs> uh so I so I couldn't make oh, it. Oh now I feel bad. That's a real reason to that's a real reason to push us. <laughs> Real and I hope I hope Jay, if you're listening, you also feel bad since you suggested this movie for us and we covered this movie for you. Uh, Love you, this Jay. Is how I, this is how I felt the night that I was supposed to record the Leprechaun Two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hot take! Not to give away, not to bury the lead here. I think the Leprechaun Two was better, a better film. Oh, um, the other Ooh. night Ellie, Ellie fell asleep on me and she was restless and I didn't want to move and my phone was dead so I watched a spider crawl across my ceiling and that was more entertaining than this film oh, you're a brave man I don't care who is lying on me if I see a spider I'm getting up and burning the house down it was just a I mean it was like a, a daddy long legs so big nope for me dog <laughs> you don't have you do, see but i think there's a difference julie is going to understand this uh we have mosquitoes that will carry your child away from you and these <laughs> awesome uh uh daddy long legs and other spiders kill them so you have to kind of decide what's worse it's like oh there's a mouse loose in my house i better let a cat go oh this cat is feral and going to kill me i better let a dog go oh this dog is rabid i guess i'll turn um uh, uh, an Amazon Python loose to you. Though. You know, you just keeps getting worse. <laughs> I, what? <laughs> okay. you done that? That's not something I've done. <laughs> That's I'll one of my favorite about... parts of Finding Dory. When the <laughs> truck is flying through the air and all the fish come out and then like the big fish eats all the way up yeah. and then it gets knocked back out of him. All I'm going to say about Daddy Longlegs and other spiders, it's the way they move. Uh, eight legs eight eyes Mm-mm, no it's an uncomfortable amount of legs it's excessive it's excessive That's how I, feel. I, I can agree with that because i feel the same way about an octopus they make me very octopus freak me out beyond measure yeah octopuses are nasty little creatures amen 
in I terms of like they just have a nasty oh i love them but they have now na- i, I oh, like no. i think they're cool animals but they're like nasty personality wise have you ever seen like what was that video of it's the one of them slapping the other octopus like i forget what? like they're just nasty yeah i don't know they open jars and do all sorts of weird things that Wait, did you watch my octopus teacher no did neither of you watch that no what you talking about oh my gosh it was nominated for an oscar last year so i don't remember what streaming service put it out but it was either disney plus or netflix one of those and i'm sure we'll get people telling us i'm sure mike westfall will be like you dingus it was disney plus um (laughs) it's wonderful it's all about a guy who is um a marine biologist and he meets this octopus and he films her <laughs> every single day and you need to watch it no like seriously you need to watch it does christine like documentaries i'll watch them. i love documentaries, documentaries. But i don't like we just watched the polar bears uh this Did... is and just for reference so we don't get fact checked this was a netflix original okay there we go i will watch it julia because i love documentaries especially about animals there is yes. an amazing new documentary animal series on Netflix that's like narrated by Obama, which has so he has that voice narrating thing, but like it's voice. the like I just love animal shows. And Apple TV has a new documentary on dinosaurs that John Favreau produced, but it's like done like a oh. nature documentary, so it's like all CGI and like yes, yeah, so I want to watch that. How does it compare to Moon Knight? Is it, yeah, is it Moon Knight level CGI or is it? Don't get me started on Moon Knight, y'all. The new polar bear documentary on Disney is narrated by Rashida Jones. Oh, also a good narrator. Uh, it's depressing. Nothing. No, there's no hope at the end. Oh, not just not? for, I mean, I'm not talking like you feel bad. Oh. Like, oh, poor polar bears. It's like, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Yeah. Our polar has, bears can take that turn pretty quickly. Our earth has gone so bad. Not only are the polar bears gone, but humanity, we don't stand a chance. Good luck, kids you know, and grandkids. Well, my octopus teacher teacher will restore your love of humanity for at least the hour and 15-minute runtime that it is. You should watch does it. Does he destroy the octopus? He does not. You need to watch then it. No, it won't restore my faith. Well, there, there is another... So you need to watch it. There's a segment of the Obama one about a sloth in the rainforest that they follow around, and it is perfection. And I had no idea that sloths can change their fur green. They can. Yes. They can. You know, if you take your family to Dallas and you go to the aquarium, there is a sloth that you will walk by that is within arm's reach. You're not supposed to touch it, but like you are that close to the sloth that is not in a cage, but right above your head in a tree. Like right now, like the sloth is like right here. I want to hold I, one. I love sloths. Can't we? They're just marvelous animals. Sloths, koalas. I mean, just, any animal that just like moves that slow, sleeps and eats so much, like that's what I want to be. And like always smiles at you. They the always little look happy. <laughs> well, except, <laughs> that little drugged smile where it looks like they're high. <laughs> except drop bears. Drop bears. Drop scary. bears. Have you learned it's a drop bear? The koalas that are kind of that go feral and attack people. Oh, those I have seen. Ooh. Yeah. It's called a drop bear. Yeah, drop. I didn't know that's what it's called. I've seen those. I know exactly what you're talking about. Not a person. Oh, there's some uncomfortable pictures on the internet. It's a myth that the Australians have created to trick. So they're not real. 
So then what are those so, like, pictures? Ski. Are they just rabid koala bears? The they're not you? rabid. They're just koalas doing things or like fighting with each other. But no, they don't attack people. Drop bears are uh, uh, So this one Australian drop hopes. bear that has like a knife belt on and a semi-automatic <laughs> is not in fact true. No, but the, but I do want to point out that the photoshopping of that is better than Moon Knight CGI. It's pretty <laughs> still not better than still not better than my old favorite website that has long since disappeared. BurtIsEvil.com. Like Burton and Ernie. Yeah, they used to Photoshop <laughs> into <laughs> pictures of like evil mass murderers and dictators and stuff. Is that the one where Bert. I saw him like just hanging out next to Hitler or like Obama yeah. or Osama bin Laden? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hanging out with the Manson family. <laughs> and I know it's awful. These are awful people, but Bert just looks like an angry dude. <laughs> he is an angry dude. Well, he's not. Could you nice. blame him? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if we all lived close together. We would have to get me and Tom to go as Bert and Ernie for Halloween because that's like the perfect costume for us. Because <laughs> Rubber Ducky, you're the one. You make bath time so much fun. Bert used to be my Ducky, sister's favorite. Growing up. Fond of you know, Bert's nobody's favorite. I know. That's why I found it so weird. All right, so you're weird. so weird to me i'm trying to look to see if anybody even has like a fan page to bert <laughs> all right so you're on sesame street right yep and you get to kick one person out and take their home who gets who's going are we talking the hey, muppets bird. or the people the the pe- the, the muppet characters Ugh. big bird I hate no big bird. not big bird Big Bird's like the like mayor. Bird. Like nobody no. really like. Oh, that stupid Orange Murray guy. I hate him. You don't like Murray. Do you? I you hate don't like Murray. <laughs> I don't understand that guy's. Oh, Abby, Abby, get rid of Abby her. Abby, I want Abby out of there. We were all they free, ha- Abby. They have. Yeah, we were. We they were. were Abby's on Ellie's, and I'm like, mm, you got to go, lady. So we know the new Sesame Street movie's coming out. With Anne Hathaway, music written Do by we? Bo Bird, my with by Bo Burnham, but the movie is going to be about Big Bird and his Sesame Street friends and mysteriously expelled from their neighborhood, finding themselves lost in Manhattan. They team up with a plucky histori- history host, Sally Hawthorne, who's on a quest to save her show and prove that Sesame Street actually exists, with obstacles created by the evil mayor with reasons of his own for keeping Sesame Street hidden from the world. But. I was a big fan of Follow That Bird back in the 80s. Um, yes, I too like this movie, even though I don't care. And, give, and given Sesame Street's popularity, I'm surprised they haven't really done like another big theatrical film for them. No. So I'm excited for this, except for the fact, especially because Muppets, I'm all into that stuff. Except for the fact we are now in the Abby and Murray generation and you know they're going to get screen time compared to like the classics like Grover and Bert and Ernie and that. That's dampened my excitement. You like who? I love Grover. Oh, I do too. Grover's, that's my generation. They, um... So did I ever, got, ever tell you guys growing up, my mother had this cassette tape. It's like happy birthday on Sesame Street. Mm. Did I tell you the story? Mm-mm. 
Yeah, it's like this old cassette tape. Every year growing up, she'd put it in on my birthday, and it's the Muppets from Sesame Street singing Happy Birthday. And then they have this song afterwards uh, about called Happy Birthday from Sesame Street, like very upbeat, you know, Sesame Street song. Still to this day, on my birthday, she calls and leaves some Sesame Street Muppets singing Happy Birthday on my voice now. That is <laughs> the most okay. sense I've ever heard in my entire life. That's one of the what? Sweetest things I've heard. <laughs> She's a I don't treasure. know why you say so many bad things about your mom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Caruso, I think you're much better than Anthony usually says you are. That's I'm just kidding. We know our mom don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anthony, how's the uh, the golden bros, golden guys, whatever coming along? You can't schedule it with Jerry. Jerry's way too busy. <laughs> I'm going to stop being oh, on no. other podcast and do his own. How's your podcast coming, Tom? Uh, we've got three episodes ready. We're going to do a fourth one next week, and we'll start releasing. We already have our, our recurring bits, which are fun. Oh, like what? Do you want to give us um, a sneak peek? We, uh, we randomly reference people's age and release of albums to the release of Animal Alien Ant Farm Smooth Criminal, for some reason, single. Oh, I love that song. I mean, their version of it. Me too. I like it. Not a fan. Not a fan of Alien Ant Farm. So there are a lot of references to Alien Ant Farm, which neither of us like, and I'm not really sure how this has started. But we're like two episodes committed to this Alien Ant Farm thing. That's cool. Hey, speaking of podcasts that I do not host, um, yeah, yeah one of yeah. yes, under yeah. misunder understood. What's it called? Under understood. Under understood is a dang good podcast. Dang good podcast. I listened to the episode that had to do with the Homeland grocery store fake Muppets. Right? Christine like, knew everything they were talking about. I didn't, but I was still just completely engrossed. Like, what a good podcast. Have you listened yeah. to it yet, Anthony? Mm-mm. Okay, well, when you get a chance and you want to get free from true crime, which was my current state of being, right? Like, I'd cycled to where I'd listened to all the things in my normal feed and I, I didn't want any more stuff you should know for a while and you know I needed something fresh so great really you would it like is, it I'm in their discord under, now. Appreciate, under 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 unknown. understood under understood under, 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 I'll subscribe right now live I on feel camera. like go back though you have to start early on like don't start with the modern ones I mean I did but if you need a good one to start with start with but if you do want one that's like really good go with Jeff Goldblum secret tattoo yeah, listen yes, to that that's one. That's what you told us about. Yeah, yes, you didn't think you cared. First. You like when I tell you, you, no, you don't think you care. Really at all. You're like, who cares? But by the end, you're like, what the hell happened? What is this tattoo? Yeah, and I really need to rewatch Jurassic Park now. But uh-huh. I feel yeah, like their chemistry it- feels familiar to me. It feels like ours does. And like that, so that makes me happy because like, if I like listening to them, I used rationale that maybe this is why people like listening to us. I could be totally wrong, but. That's okay, what, Jeff Goldblum's him. secret tattoo downloaded for tomorrow. Next, let's see. Yeah, yeah. I had the same exact conversation with Christine. I'm like, we started listening. We've gone through them all. We're like, they're paid Patreons now in their Discord yeah. channel, listening to the, their other stuff. And we're talking and I'm like, I needed this, especially during the pandemic. I feel like I'm sitting in a room with friends, just like uh-huh. hanging out. And they are not one of the most under-researched podcasts out there. So, you know, I hope we can be that 
way, not under-researched, which we are, but I hope we could be like friends for people Fine. listening to us. I hope so. I really do. That's why I want to be. I love our, that's why I love our podcast. I love our community. Speaking of our community, we've got a lot of response. I love y'all too. We've gotten a lot of response toward our five-year anniversary special, which is exciting. Lots of people are engaging, which I, I love to see. Voting. Giving us their opinions about what they cannot vote on because it's not an option at the moment. Oh, yeah. You made some people mad with your list, Anthony. Notice his list is our list. Notice how I'm answering this and just pushing Anthony under the bus on which one's me. Entirely. No, no. Okay. One of them, I did, I could not believe the amount of people jump piling on you for not having Bill Murray's. Scrooge speech at the end in the list and I'm like poor Anthony I should okay. defend him but then I'm like nah, nah. <laughs> for anyone out there who has questions the categories were based on our list our ranking so yes our faulty alone, ranking system home alone was not a choice for the best Christmas movie because it didn't make our top 10 that's our top 10 list you're voting on right now yeah. you don't like it that's fair because we probably don't like it now in retrospect either but now you get to over the last five years you people have have slowly heard us all disavow our list yet for some reason we still continue it i don't know why but i bet in five years from now our 10 year anniversary we're gonna have the same exact thing we we none of us like this list we're still doing well because we asked listeners and listeners were like it's false overwhelmingly they were like keep it it wasn't even like close where we could be like well it was so close we'll spin it no yeah, but everybody says that and then anytime we do anything with our list people complain about our list (laughs) (laughs) i think i think people like to complain let me tell you though you know reading some of these comments is like people going on a festivus rant against us i have a lot of problems with you people <laughs> but it still may but we feel good because these people are still listening and like Engaged. i don't know if they're they're in, they're engaging with us the way that we engage with one another and the world around us i don't know you people are all awesome thank you you give me the yeah. warm fuzzies you guys get help us get through the year no joke that is right speaking of getting through the year it's freaking may Oh my gosh. It's May. It is freaking today is May 3rd when we're recording this. We are past the halfway point to Halloween. Which means we are what? To Halloween. What is Halloween? The last big milestone on the way to Christmas. So it's worth noting. What about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, everyone already has their trees up and stuff by then. So we just lumped that in. What about my mom's birthday? Eh, she could deal with it. Oh <laughs> She's gosh. a December baby, right? Oh, um, just so you know, Julia. Um, yes. Let me take that part out. Y'all, I really like where I work. They try to do fun stuff for us. Tomorrow we have a May the 4th virtual party. For like 45 minutes. Thank you. I hope so. We have a... It no, involves... some random May the 4th. <laughs> Like, no, it's, oh, it's it's May the fourth, and it's like a get together. We have fun activities planned. Uh, we have games. We have costume contests, Star Wars trivia, a Lego competition for people to bring their Star Wars Legos. Well, what? guess what? Friday, I'm gonna go hog wild at my group at work because it's Revenge of the Sixth, and it I'm basically is. gonna tell people what I don't like about them and why they disappoint me as employees. Is Revenge of the 
Is Revenge of the Sixth basically Festivus, but meaner? Oh my gosh, it is. Oh, it meaner? It's, it's Festivus in May. It's Festivus in May. It's a halfway point to Festivus, just about. Actually, no, I can't do that to my employees. I love, I love my team. I love the people who work on my team, and they are doing amazing work. I love my brag, team, too. Brag, brag. I love my team, too, and most importantly, they love me. I know people find it hard to believe I'm a lovable guy, but trust me when I say they love me. You've never sounded more like Michael Scott. I love my team, but more importantly, they love me. (laughs) They love me. They they did not tell me to take this mug back to the store that I bought myself. (laughs) Look, I want to be a friend first and a boss second. And probably an entertainer third. Oh man! Oh, I really need to rewatch. Let me tell you that right now. What kind of ranges do y'all have? Like, ranges? Like like in our tops. kitchens? Yeah. The one that came with the house. Are you a gas range? Yeah, I'm it's gas. gas. I wish Big I did not. Gas. We're ditching our gas range. Really? I love my gas range. Um, they are not allowed to put in new builds in California or New York because of the health problems that they cause. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we're going with an induction range. I'm very excited. Okay. All right. Tell us how that goes. I will. Uh, I've got a friend who has one. He's like, yeah, it's amazing. I put it on. I put it on. Uh, I can boil water in under two minutes. And then I touch, I move the pot, touch the top, and it's not hot. And it's not hot. That's yeah, food it, magic. It doesn't do heat. Like the, the top of the, the range doesn't get hot. Huh. Interesting. I don't it's trust voodoo. it. It's voodoo, like this voodoo shark that we have to deal with tonight. Well, voodoo voodoo shark. Shark, what are we talking about? That doesn't no, sound Christmassy at all. There's a reason it doesn't sound Christmassy, and I'll make sure that I thoroughly address that point. We are discussing the 1987 abomination Jaws the Revenge. This is what why are we discussing? Just for clarity's sake. I don't want to call anybody out, Jay Skipworth, but somebody who is friends with the podcast, Jay Skipworth, recommended this movie and was going to be here to help us discuss it. And I was really looking forward to that person, Jay Skipworth, and his insight that he usually has into movies that make even terrible movies like this more bearable. But we don't have that person that I'm not naming, Jay Skipworth, tonight. So you're going to have to listen to us and the research that I have put together for this film. Let's jump right into this uh, interesting piece um so for plot synopsis there's still oh, please shark. give us the tom oh, wait there's... i have a plot synopsis this time it's personal that is the tagline for the film jaws the revenge this time it's personal you know because he's been terrorizing the same family for three other films but now suddenly it's personal um and the plot synopsis i'm going to give is that uh give me one second a great white is hellbent on killing a family regardless of nature it's awful this is a terrible film this is the only jaws film that is not written by carl gottlieb or harold or howard sackler but instead it is written by peter benchley You may know Peter Benchley as one of the co-writers from Jaws, Jaws 3D, and Jaws 2. He was writing up until his 
late passing in uh nope he was pretty active until his passing in 2006 but his credits aren't that great for someone who did jaws like these are his big his big pieces he did the island um, novel and screenplay in 1980 um is that the one that leonardo dicaprio went on to star in no i think leonardo dicaprio was like newborn when that one came out no no i mean did that movie get adapted from his novel oh he did the screenplay for the 1990 movie the island uh which also starred michael kane oh um and then he did all the jaws movie did some writing for dolphin cove the beast uh and somehow was credited as a character in a short called a quintmas carol 10 years after he died Michael de Guzman also has writing credits on this. Again, not a whole lot to his name. Uh, He didn't even get a picture on IMDb. But he did some teleplays for TV shows uh, like We Are the Children, As Summers Die, The Winter of Our Discontent, Thornwell, The Rock and Fun Magic Show. And uh, yeah. So what's your favorite Michael de Guzman? (laughs) This Jaws of Revenge, oh, and so, I'm really that's... sad he never did Jaws Five. This time it's really, really, really personal. <laughs> uh, our our star of this playing Ellen Brody is Lorraine Gary, and Lorraine Gary has a uh, she stopped acting apparently. In 1987, after this film, I think she she realized she hit her apex and uh, just uh, just just ended it there. She was in the movie 1941, Just You and Me, Kid. Um, Of course, she was in Jaws, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, all the Jaws films. She was in Mm -hmm. 1941. Um, Yeah, so. Uh, I don't know her from anything other than the Jaws franchise. Do you know Play... who she reminds me of? Do y'all see the movie Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, like a long time, time ago. Okay, yeah. so you remember his her mom in the movie who's up on the mountain and they have to go rescue her mom? Yes, I do. Because her mom's super stubborn. Her mom looks like an old version of this lady, which if time trans dresses the way it does typically it could just be this lady grown up it's not but every time i see this lady i'm like man she looks like that lady from dante's peak hmm. you're welcome for that thank you yeah the sun personal experience we... is a substitute for actual research in this case if you're wondering all all i you know what i have a piece of advice for all three of us and i, I it's a it's advice from my spirit carrot animal, George Costanza, who I am becoming more and more like every day of my life. There is an episode where Jerry is dating a cop who wants to give him a lie detector test because she doesn't believe that <laughs> she doesn't believe him when he says he doesn't watch Melrose Place. And he actually does. He's really into it, but he's too embarrassed to admit it. So who does he go to? He goes to George, who's a master liar, for some advice on how to beat the test. And George says, Jerry, I can't teach this. This is a skill you're born with, blah, blah, blah. 
But as Jerry's leaving the coffee shop to go take the test, George is like, Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe you it. Believe it. <laughs> and I think we need to remember that when talking movies we know nothing about. We just have to sound confident and have belief in ourselves when we're talking Dude, about it. That's them. the way I got so many things to happen. You just if you just walk somewhere like you're supposed to be there and you act like you own it, and nobody questions you. Uh, and that's also the way how you kept fooling me and Julia that one night where everything oh out of your mouth was a random fact. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, playing the uh, the first son that we encounter in this film, Officer Sean Brody, is Mitchell Anderson. Uh, Mitchell Anderson got his start just two years before this movie on Hill Street Blues. He did a brief stint on Days of Our Lives. He was in the show 21 Jump Street playing Scott Crow, spelled C-R-O-W-E. He was on Jake and the Fat Man, Goodbye, Miss Fourth of July. He was Dr. Jack McGuire for um, a season on Doogie Howser, M.D., he was on an episode of Melrose Place. Speaking of Melrose Place, he had a character in the final season of Party of Five and is currently on a show called After Forever. Huh. He's uh, brother, not in the movie for very long. Oh, no, nope. not. Nope. He has a brother that we go to visit in the Bahamas named Lance well, his uh, his name is Michael Brody. He is played by Lance Guest. Lance Guest has some uh, awesome looking movies and a, and a long career. He's he got his first role in Halloween Two, playing Jimmy. He was on. He Lou was Grant. Jimmy in Halloween Two. He was on Saint Elsewhere. He did some ABC after school specials. Was on Knots Landing. Had a recurring role also on life goes on as michael romanov he said the x-files um, he was on an episode of the x-files and party of five uh he was on the tv show in the early 2000s jag he had a <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> sorry he had a character on nypd blue and i don't think we saw his butt he was on the uh, house as well. Oh, who, who, what episode of house was he in by chance? Does it say? Yeah, he was in the 2006 episode Safe playing Lou, Louis Bardock. Hmm. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, probably his biggest role he's had playing the star of Jaws The Revenge. This time it's personal. I like Time him not, too as Jimmy. It's not been kind to him, unfortunately. Our nope. Our largest, ca- uh, uh, most famous member of the cast is the pilot slash island getabout Hoagie, played by Michael Kane. Debatable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not that Michael Kane plays a character. I just thought that he might be the best known in the cast. Who's but more? Who's more well known than Michael? Who's Kane? more known than Michael Kane? Mario Van Peebles, Jaws himself. <laughs> oh, who, by the way, how does Jaws 
in this film look worse than that one on the Universal tour ride at Universal Studios? Um, I don't know, but I'm convinced that they've used the same Jaws every time and did not do a good job of storing it in between films. I mean, come on. I, I mean, it's fake in the original Jaws, but the original Jaws, thanks to Steven Spielberg's amazing direction and just mm-hmm. talent, he actually made it scary by hiding it most of the time. The less you see, the more you leave up to your imagination, right? That's what made Halloween sure, so see effective, him a lot. the first Halloween. Yeah, and in this one, he's there all the time. And it's hard to be scared of something that looks like a bad, uh, I don't know, make a robot. It doesn't even look like a robot. It looks like that rubber shark that bites Adam West Batman on the leg and Batman in the movie and hanging from the helicopter with him. Playing Jake, who is supposedly friends with Michael Brody. Jake has no last name, is Mario Van Peebles. Um, Mario Van Peebles was in some uh, interesting movies. Like, I don't think we can take this out, but it's Badass. Is the name of the movie? Multiple A's, multiple S's in it. He's in the movie Panther. Heartbreak Ridge. He is still an active actor. He played Pap- the pastor in Salt and Peppa's TV movie. He's in the TV show A Million Little Things. Uh, he was in the movie Immortal. He was on the TV show Superstition and Bloodline and Nashville. Uh, the TV show Damages. He had a recurring role in 2008 in All My Children, one of Anthony's favorite shows. Um, was that a good season, Anthony? That was an amazing season, but not as good as General Hospital was that season. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you know all of this. Uh, then we have Carla Brody, who is Michael's wife. Um, and they did a little retconning with getting her in this show from previous draws. Um, she was in the movie Nine and a Half Weeks. Do y'all remember that one? Uh, that's not oh, the one Mickey with... Rourke. It is. Oh, yeah. I thought it was some weird prequel to 28 Weeks Later with zombies. That's a no, joke, but, but it, what I was going to say is made a no. uh, go look at the cover for the film and it looks like it should be. No joke. Go look at the cover here. I'll just share my screen. Look at this. They look like vampire zombie things. Like they don't look human. This is a horrible shot, right? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate. Yep. They look like aliens. They do. Okay. Uh, where are there we go? Stop sharing. Okay. She was in uh with Sylvester Stallone in the movie Daylight. She was in Torch. <gasps> she was in Daylight. She was Torch Song Trilogy. Um, I love that See what else she's been in that's worth mentioning. Not seeing a lot. Wow, she did a lot of crap. She had a. She was one of the agents in the a recurring agent across multiple uh, seasons of The Sopranos. She had multiple roles. Like she had one, two, three, four different roles on Law and Order. 
from 2006, 2020, 2002, 2006, and 2010. Just kept bringing her back, huh? Um, yep. And then she had uh, a character in a single episode of SVU in 2004, and then a different character for a couple of episodes in 2011. Okay. I guess they don't really care about consistency there. And then playing okay. the little girl in this, Thea, is the tragic Judith Barcy. Um, won't go in depth too much. She was a prolific actress for her young 10 years of age. She was in All Dogs Go to Heaven. She was the voice of Ducky in The Land Before Time. She was on St. Elsewhere, Growing Pains, The Tracy Ullman Show, The Love Boat, Cheers, Cagney and Lacey, Punky Brewster, The Fall Guy, The Twilight Zone, Knott's Landing. Um, yeah, Remington Steel. She had a lot of roles, including uh, on Trapper John, MD. She played Lindsay Christmas on a Life, Death, and Dr. Christmas episode. Um, huh. Tragic, tragic story. Um, but let's jump into our histories of this movie. Not a single one of us have a history with this movie. That's not true. I do. I kind of do, surprisingly enough. You saw this before? And you watched it? And you let me do this? Julia, you go first. Oh my okay. gosh. So while I have consciously watched the first Jaws movies, because it's a rite of passage, right? Like you watch the original Jaws movies. I had not seen this movie in its entirety until today for the podcast. And up until today thought I had not seen this movie, but upon watching this movie realized I have seen parts of this movie more than I have seen the other Jaws's combined, which is odd. So like the banana floaty scene, like I've seen that scene a ton of times and there are others. So it isn't explicable to me. So I don't know if this one gets like a lot of TV play or like you said, it was spoofed by many people. I, I, maybe that's why, but this one was actually familiar. This movie was so bad that comedians devoted their entire acts to making fun of this one movie. <laughs> What's your history, Anthony? Um, so similar to you, Julia, um, it's a rite of passage to see the original Jaws, right? Like, um, I don't know how old I was, but I was definitely on the younger side and it was middle of the night in the summer after a day at the beach or pool. Like that's when you do it, right? When it's the most effective. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember the original Jaws. I mean, the original Jaws still holds up. Like it's good. It is a good movie yeah. as still Steven Spielberg's movies tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have a very special place in my heart for that original. The sequels, less so. Like with other Many other large franchises, looking at you, Pirates, uh, each sequel got worse and worse and had diminishing returns. And I'm just, by the time Jaws 4 rolled around, I was over it. The one saving grace was it was almost so bad. If you watch it with a certain amount of people, it could be very funny. Yes, they take it so seriously and it's so over the top. I mean, they reference it in... This is it. This movie specifically is an inspiration for that scene in Back to the Future 2, where he goes to the future and it's Jaws 19 in 3D, where the tagline is, This time it's really, really personal. <laughs> and, and the shark goes down and like tries to eat him. And Michael J. Fox is like, Oh, it still looks fake. I mean, that's because of this movie. 
So, I mean, it's a joke. And if you do watch it with the right people, like, I think we would have enjoyed this movie a lot more if we maybe watched it together as a live watch. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, alone, it's awful. And we'll, de- I mean, not that there's much debate. We'll, we'll talk about later on whether or not it's a Christmas film. It's not. It has some nice Christmas songs and it. it opens up one. It does, and it has a random cabbie singing a song, but no, it doesn't make it a Christmas movie. So zero history, Tom? Zero history. Wish I had still you heard had... of it prior to uh, watching it? I, I mean, I just don't really, I don't really dig the... Jaws movies. Jaws movies at all. I don't like the franchise. Yeah. Not like Chandler and have a thing for sharks. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Julia making a joke about this, but I bring up the episode where Monica had a thing for Santa, and you guys are like, "You nasty!" They did a whole episode about Chandler having a thing for sharks. He didn't actually have a thing for sharks. He had a she literally good old fashioned thing for that is the kind of line I expect to hear from Anthony, not Julia Corbin. She legit had a thing for Santa. <laughs> can, can we edit out that audio bit and save it as an audio, audio clip to drop randomly? Uh, um, no, but yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. He he did. But she thought he had a thing for sharks to the point where she was like, he's been away so long. I'm going to really make his night. And she rented him a shark movie. <laughs> um, She's just trying to be supportive. <laughs> um okay so that covers the movie um be sure to tune in next week no not not gonna not gonna fly okay (laughs) i mean it's not a complicated story no we have a suicidal pilot who tried to kill a plane full of people on an island because he's got the jokes (laughs) so before we get to the the suicidal the suicide uh we open up and you know this family's still uber concerned about sharks because it killed their dad um cop is out you know at christmas time doing his cop thing getting ready to go home and they're like nope you need to go check out on this last thing so he gets in a boat and goes and checks a buoy and uh, a shark attacks the boat and bites his arm off. What, Anthony? <laughs> Nothing. Did you ever hear about the one with the Pope and Raquel Welsh in the lifeboat? Yada, yada, what? yada. Those aren't buoys. <laughs> uh, so he loses his arm and he's like <laughs> screaming for help, but the children of the, the, community are singing and they drown out his screams of death as the shark yeah uh, and they weren't even singing that loud by the way so but my question is i get it you lost an arm that sucks you got a motorboat well yeah and you got one other arm can you not drive the dang thing with your existing arm i think it would have been kind of i think it would have been kind of better if he had survived and gone like to the bahamas to get away from all of this and then died oh and it found him yeah but uh, so i have a question about jaws that couldn't happen that couldn't happen because uh great whites don't go into warm water i i have a question about jaws the character 
Charles the Shark. This, uh, you know, classically trained actor. Um, in the original Jaws, he was clearly just a shark. A large shark, but clearly just a shark. At this point, we have to assume this guy is some kind of, you know, horror movie monster dinosaur hybrid thing, right? This is not a normal shark at this point. Well, yeah, he's no, been shot, blown up, stabbed, set on fire. Isn't it two or three where he literally is electrocuted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And burns and, in the water. And now he has a thirst for revenge. So this shark, they're not even pretending he's a normal shark anymore. He this this is some kind of like Michael Myers supernatural type horror movie monster at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the mom has like the sixth sense about when he's around. So yeah, for sure. Just so, wanted to clear that up. Yeah, we've got that going on. That's fun. Um Is where marine biologists are like, where did we go wrong? So yeah, that happens. Uh, I'm, I lost train of thought now, but we get we get more stupid stuff happening time and time again. So uh, the son dies. So the, the mom is dies. super paranoid, so and her other she's son, like, yeah. Her other son comes to visit Amity and convince her to go to the Bahamas, and he's got some business in the water, and she's like, I really want you to quit your business. And he's like, mm, I don't think I need to quit my business because, uh, you know, it's safe down here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a researcher. I got this grant and I'm in the warm water where there aren't any of these crazy great white sharks, right? And she's like, but you should come visit us. So she's like, okay, I'll come down. She goes down and she immediately starts doing what grandmas do that drives me crazy. And she starts trying to tell the grandkid that she can or can't do something that the parents have a different rule about like she's playing on the swing with the locals and she's grandma starts freaking out and tells her she can't do it and then you know grandparents can be annoying like that uh and then we're down there and uh michael is tagging like conch shells so they can track their breeding habits which don't really know who's funding that grant research or why anybody cares about the breeding of conch. Uh, what, what what's in a what's in there? Like, is it a crab? Is it a what's what? I don't know. It's like a crustacean, right? Of yeah. some sort, but but what is it, Anthony? I'm not a marine biologist. Anyway, oh, and I didn't mention we have this this awesome guy who flies us down to, uh, who's Amity. flying us around. Flying well, he's out of Amity. He's flying us around the Bahama Islands, and uh, flying with reckless abandon, despite the fact there's an entire family on here. He literally asks the woman to take over the steering wheel. He's like, "Why don't you fly for a bit?" She's like, "No, I can't." And then he puts the plane into a nosedive to force her to take the wheel and pull up. Otherwise, it's gonna crash. Um, Michael well, that's Cage later. Wheel. This is just when he's making jokey jokes about. Yeah, here's Let me how tell you, you make something. the houses bigger. Here's how you make the houses smaller. Uh, Michael Caine has the audacity to lecture Batman about reckless of being reckless in the <laughs> Batman movies. He's grown up a lot since then. He looks exactly the same. He did. He was one of these people who never looked young. Yeah, he had colored hair, but he just did not look like a young man. Yeah, he's still pretty dang charming, though. Michael, Caine? he sounds exactly the same. Yeah, I always thought Michael Caine was charming. Michael doesn't like um, 
Michael doesn't like Hoagie. He's got this bad feeling about him. And we don't really know why. But um, there was a subplot that was deleted during post-production in that Hoagie was actually smuggling drugs onto the island. That was his job. Oh, wow. So we had the context for why Michael had this bad feeling about Hoagie, but uh, it was removed for whatever reason. Um, we just are led to believe he doesn't like this guy putting the moves on his mom. Right. But there's there's a lot more to it, apparently. Yeah. You know, he's a drug smuggler. Um, the relationship Michael is working with, um, what's Michael Van Pebble, people's name in this? Jake? Jack? Jake. Mike's working with Jake and they're trying to do research and their relationship is just really odd. I didn't feel like any of it was authentic. And then I learned Mario Van Peebles wrote his own part. So like all their weird back and forth is written by the actor himself, not the writers of the film. Um, was it also his choice to do the horrible accent? I think so. Okay. Think so. That was Okay. It wasn't a horrible accent. Yes, it was. It was horrible. Did you hear People- Michael Caine's accent? People didn't Michael like Michael Caine this film. Is actually has an <laughs> accent. <laughs> People does not. Dennis Quaid was given the option to reprieve his role as Michael, but he didn't want to touch this film. They tried to get Roy Scheider back and he was offered a camo. He declined saying that Satan himself could not get me to do Jaws part four. Are you serious? Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. How is that possible though? He died. The End result has Schneider, has Scheider in this movie through archive footage from the original Jaws that was inserted into uh, some scenes. Oh, they're going to bring him back in for live shoots in a flashback yep. scene. So I will say, um, did you say that Dennis, who played the, Quaid? the son? Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid was the son previously? Yep. I didn't know that. Um, so this actor that played him in this one, Guest, is quite handsome okay like he's got that kenny loggins thing going on that just really sets me afire in a good old 1980s movie so well done with the denim shirts and the floofy hair well done it felt every bit of the 87 it was so we're getting the feedback from jake during all of this that michael's just not committed in getting the job done he's too slow um, he thinks he's being thorough. They have all these problems. They're getting rushed. And then while Michael's out on the boat, what do we find in the warm Caribbean waters? Dang big shark. Jaws. Jaws. Jaws has tracked them down to the Bahamas. How? We don't know. We have no idea. But he ends up getting down there. He's attacking Michael. Michael doesn't want anybody to tell his mother or his wife what happened. Mm-hmm. and wants to continue about it, continue on with the research jake on the other hand says hey wait 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 let's just wrap up this con research that nobody cares about and let's let's do a bunch of research on this giant man eating great white in the bahamas and so they set up to capture or to trap jaws so that they can you know put this tracking device on him how does that go anthony it goes awful you can't track you can't trap jaws you get nope. near him, he's going to rip you to shreds. And he's too smart for it. He's like a really smart shark, even though they're prehistorically stupid animals. Yeah, you know why he's really smart? He's been through this rodeo for This is his fourth time already. It's like, <laughs> I know these people. They're going to try to gut me like the fish that I am. 
Speaking of that opening scene where they showed them cooking fish, you know, it was alluding to what they would want to do to Jaws, I'm sure. Uh, so what happens next? Anthony, why don't you take us into to the the part two this end of this movie? The end of this movie. Okay. So you said he tried to attach the tracking device to Jaws and he narrowly escapes. Jaws tried to barely. attack him. There's blood everywhere escapes. in the water. As as there normally is. Which it is only so making fake. him more it looked it looked it looked like food dye. Mm-hmm. Um so this is where we go to the inflatable Remind banana. Me to about dye. This, this is where we go to the inflatable banana boat. Uh, Thea goes on there with Margaret and her mom. And uh, keep in mind, just like just a day before, Grandma was flipping out about her being near the water. Now she's now she's going on the, on the boat. Now she's yeah. gonna get on the boat, the banana boat. Get on the banana boat. Oh my god! And of course, what happens? This is the scene Jaws! like. I remember most from this, from when I last saw it, the yeah. banana boat scene. Jaws attacks the back of the boat, killing grandma. <laughs> the, no. No, she doesn't. Grandma. Margaret's grandma. mom. Oh, Margaret's mom. The mom. Not no, it her. doesn't. It kills just a hot young thing that they that, stuck that, on the It banana killed boat. a guy on this one. There was a boy on this one on the boat, like a teenager driving the banana boat. It killed the chick that's on the back of the banana. With a oh, nice those. tan and oh, the yeah, bikini. Yeah. And you see her like halfway out of the shark a little bit, like, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see her, and they have her, you can see her bikini bottom under the water. They try to like allude to still showing. They bottoms. try to, re- every one of these movies, they try to recreate the iconic shot from the first one with Jaws mm-hmm. coming up through the water to attack the girl in the bikini. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, there's a shark. The attack. rest of the kids get away. The kid and the That's- kids are all fine after this too. They're just like, eh, you know, that happens. Right. Say love you. No, like, there's no trauma. We're not uh, gonna address this no, with the kids. We're but not gonna talk to them. This is my favorite. It's when Michael afterwards tells Carla he knew about the shark and she flips out on him. Why? I mean, like that just feels ridiculous. He only <laughs> let his daughter, he only knew there was a great white out of its natural habitat in this these hot waters and didn't say to keep his wa- daughter away from them. She feels like she's overreacting to me. <laughs> So we so get this stupid. absurd chase scene where Michael and Jake are being flown by Hoagie to search for Ellen out on the water, and the shark is pursuing Ellen. Oh my god, so dumb! Because she's out for revenge. She's pursuing the she's, shark. She's out. She's for like, revenge oh, I'm taking this be- thing down. Because why? As Hoagie explains to Michael, Ellen legitimately believes that after the sh- shark killed Sean, he's now out for the rest of her family. Yeah. Yep. And then this shark, very strong shark, because the plane lands in the water. And when Michael and Jake get out to swim to Ellen's boat, the shark grabs the plane with Hoagie in it and drags it under the water. The entire seaplane. Yeah. (laughs) Bye bye, Hoagie. Now, or so you know what we didn't know before. And that is that we've got a drugged out shark. Yes. Yeah. At this point, we think Hoagie's dead. Michael Caine's done with the movie. But wait, but no. There's more. Not only did he escape the shark and the plane rapidly filling with water, but he survived. When, 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 in other, when earlier, 
our Sean, Officer Sean, was not able to survive a slight bite in the side of the boat and the loss of one arm. I love it. You, you know, Michael Caine is just, he probably had it in his contract. Like, I'm too big an actor to be killed like this. I'm going to survive this. Mm. You already wrote this scene. You probably budgeted. We can keep the scene, but you're going to shoot me and skip this plane and this shark. I would have been upset if Michael Caine didn't make it. Let's be honest. Yep. I would not either, honestly, because. Okay, I know we're all Michael Caine fans, but I didn't like his character. I said I would have been upset. Oh, I wouldn't have been. Yeah. I didn't like I his would. character. I liked him. I, like I Michael liked him. Caine. Everybody loves yeah. a good a good local drug runner. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> Especially with an Aussie accent or whatever he's supposed to be. Okay. So <laughs> He escapes the plane. He escapes the water. Uh, so Jake and Michael put together this device that emits like electrical impulses. Right? I question the science. Yeah, so explain the science here, Julia. Oh, there's no explaining the science. There's electric impulses and it both attracts the shark as well as allows them to control it in some way, right? Like hey, he's attracted to the boat because of the electricity in it. So let's shove something down his throat that will then force him to be attracted more to the boat and then we can kill it. I don't know. I checked out because I was thinking, is this where they blow him up again? Or, and that was as far as I got into understanding the science. <laughs> it was, because it wasn't science. It's not science. This is, this is, this is like... The type of science is soon going to be taught in schools across America as soon as they, yeah, Republicans get their way. Um, so the shark lunges at the bow again, pulls Jake under to maul him. But guess what? Mm. Jake manages to get the device in his mouth. And Michael blasts yeah. the shark, which drives it crazy. <laughs> and this part made me laugh so hard when I was watching it at work today because this shark just keeps repeatedly jumping out of the water in pain. But the sounds it is making, you would think this is a T-Rex in Jurassic Park, the way it was roaring in the middle. <laughs> Do you know of what that sound is from? Was it an orgasm from a camel? No. Oh, gosh. The shark's infamous roar during the climax actually comes from Tom and Jerry cartoon called The Milky Wolf in 1946. It's done by the, uh, yeah, supposedly the, uh, uh, this was done by the sound editor. Um, ref he refused to make an original sound effect, thinking the idea of the shark roaring was ridiculous. So he put in Tom and Jerry. <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what happened? The shark, they defeat the shark, it explodes, right? Supposedly. No, she she shoves him with the front of the boat. She spears him. She but he's supposedly dead. In the middle. We yes. think he's gone, right? He looks quite dead. He's in multiple he, pieces. They impale it. Um, he sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, Jake somehow survived. He's seriously injured. I highly question that, by the way. Yeah, oh, there's no way. 
And they all make it back to land where Hoagie then flies Ellen back to Amity Island. The end. And you'll notice we did not mention Christmas ones. Well, hold on. Before we get into the Christmas, I want to talk about some some key bits of information that were taken out of this. Um, The novelization based on the original script includes a lot of scenes and subplots that did not make it into this film. Some of this stuff, like they didn't show the police actually finding Sean's body. Um, right. So there's a death of a windsurfer, surfer, a humorous scene involving a drunken retired newscaster and the shark, a drive-by shooting where the Brodies are nearly shot and a foot pursuit. What um, the? Mike's secrecy on their, uh, creates a problem in their marriage. Um, and in the novel, he has a monitoring device to track Jaws. They do in this one too. Uh, but like it's in their bedroom and like that's oh, like no, strain, that's not strained on their marriage. Um, um in the f- film, Carla, when she's having her problems, she tells him that she shut off the monitoring monitoring device because she believed that it was keeping Mike from sleeping. It's only then that they realize their daughter is in danger on the banana boat. So he was like monitoring but not telling them. Um, They had other characters on the island, um, including a gangster who becomes friends with Ellen, uh, who gets killed by the shark. Hoagie has a cop partner in on his drug ring. And there's Papa Jacques, who is a voodoo doctor. And Papa Jacques is a local man um, who is like a, a wise man on the island. Mike does not get along with him. And he thinks that he exploits the islanders and they get into a fight. And after they get into this fight, Papa Jacques summons the shark to pay Mike back. He also steals a pail of Thea's. And there's a deleted scene in which Thea is in a zombie-like trance and walks out towards the water. Um, And there are several segments that take place from the shark's point of view. And in the book, it's revealed that the shark is like Papa Jacques' pawn. And he doesn't understand the driving forces behind what he's doing. This did, I mean, I was honestly, I was surprised at how low the body count was because usually these Jaws films have a lot higher body count, right? Of people that die before they get it in the end. It was pretty low, right? It was for, yeah. And okay. One, I want to address Papa Jacques for a minute. Does that not sound like the most racistly uncomfortable, culturally uncivil? Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, Secondly, they shot the scene where the shark explodes after this opened in the US because people hated the ending so much. So they shot it for the European release. Oh, man. And if you freeze frame it, when he's exploding, you could tell it's a model toy shark and not the full scale model Jaws. Um, Michael Caine was the, for this film was the second actor who had won an Academy Award. He actually won it while he was filming this film um, to follow it up with a Razzie Award. <laughs> uh, the first was Louis Gossett Jr., who won an Oscar for An Officer and a Gentleman and was nominated for Jaws 3D. Oh my gosh. And this was, just keep in mind, 
this was supposedly one of the most expensive movies shot in 1987. Those movies shot on the water, pricey. Pricey, pricey. Well, this is the first film not to shoot a Martha Vineyard because they're not in Amity, right? But they also shot, shot half of the uh, scenes on the Universal back lot right in front of the Psycho House. So I was kind of looking the whole time to see if we could see the Psycho House in the background of the Bahamas. That's fun. That's an Michael, element of enjoyment to the movie that doesn't exist otherwise. Michael Caine made the comment that he uh, won an Oscar, built a house, and had a great holiday. Not bad for a flop movie. He made $1.5 million for the week that he had to shoot this film in the Bahamas. And they were so tight on schedule that he wasn't able to go to the Oscars where he won Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Hannah and Her Sisters. Oh, man, so he, missed, he missed that because of this? Yep. Golly. I mean, I'd miss it. I just got paid at $1.5 million to go act for a, a mechanical shark in the Bahamas. Okay. For a week. One week. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about die earlier at the end scene where they had the, uh, the, the water, it was filmed in a tank and they filled it with blue dye to make it really blue water. And it actually dyed Michael Caine and Lorraine Gray's hair blue. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all set at christmas time we have some christmas music we see some christmas scenes we have a little girl opening her christmas presents mm-hmm. but yeah, that nice christmas tree we do have a nice christmas yeah. tree this is but and a few nice carols the problem is not only um does this movie have nothing to do with christmas it's in the bahamas um it does not have any christmas feels despite what they do no. this is definitely a movie that is parenthetically filmed at christmas it feels the christmas part does not feel necessary at all no not at all you know actually i put a pin in that because i have a question of the week for you guys that we can talk about once we wrap this up all right so can we all agree this is a movie set at christmas at best yes Uh, but it has a linus moment oh it okay Everyone thought Ellen was crazy, that the shark was out for revenge, but who's laughing at the end? I, that's not a Linus moment. <laughs> but I, I really like your you, how you stuck that landing. Like, that was... <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give that a 10. Uh, so let's rank this. I'm going to oh, come boy. in a big fat zero. I did not like anything about this movie. I will never see it. I hate it. And it does not inspire me to want to see any of the other Jaws. <laughs> Anthony, you, when never, you, wait, you never saw the original Jaws. I saw it, but I didn't. I mean, I don't. It's just I saw it. Everybody's seen the original Jaws. I can't justify giving it a zero compared to other stuff I've given a zero. So I'm going to give it a one point five. I'll go with a one. It was a point eight three, which. Ooh, baby, it's been a while. Since you, we so you would rather watch up. this than Babes in Toyland, Anthony? Point five. You gave this. Give, you gave this a this point five higher than. Okay. So I, I, I thought. A, I, I don't usually try five. to correct you, Anthony, but I just had a feeling this is one you would regret later if you left it there. <laughs> that puts us at one not one hundred and fifteen on our list, right under Christmas in Wonderland, and right above. Eight Crazy Nights. I would rather watch Eight Crazy Nights than this any day of the week. Anyway, 
Well, tell us how we did, there, folks. You're going places I can't follow you with that statement. Tell us what you think of this absolutely abysmal movie. If for some reason you like it, let us know on social media. You can go to Tis the Podcast. Or I'm sorry, you can go to linktree.com slash Tis the Podcast, where you can find our Twitter, Instagram, def- all but defunct subreddit, Facebook, and our very lively Facebook group. So I have a question for you guys. And you kind of brought it up right there. This is a movie set at Christmas. And mm-hmm. I find that a lot of movies, sequels, do tend to do that eventually if they go on long enough. Just incorporate some kind of holiday into the plot for an excuse, right? The best man did that with the best man holiday. Bad moms and daddy's home both did that. This movie did that. I feel like it's a trend in a lot of films if they run long enough. What movie if they were going to do a sequel i'm not saying you're advocating for it do you think they should set at christmas i would be in full support of any marvel franchise movie being set at christmas based purely on how successful hawkeye was at setting it at christmas i'm gonna go we talked about this in patreon julia set the batman sequel at christmas make mr freeze the villain oh yeah but i'm also gonna go and i'm not saying i want to see this movie at all but i'm saying based on the trajectory of the series if they were going to do a fifth american pie film do american christmas they already did american reunion yeah how have they not done set at christmas yet i just feel like that would be the next big one right they had the high school they had college they had the wedding they had the high school reunion now do christmas with their families if they're going to do another one what about scream or any of the screams set at christmas no but that is something a lot of people have advocated for with this next one coming out they say shoot it over christmas break in the snow somewhere Ghostface with the yeah. cool in the snow with blood everywhere mm-hmm. so i'd be all for that i'm gonna say uh Gone Girl or Interstellar? My gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe Mad Max? Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? (laughs) I'm going to stick with Mad Max. I'm not advocating for that going to be. But I would watch that, (laughs) y'all. I I would watch that. (laughs) Who had like a Star Trek something or other set at Christmas? That'd be interesting. A Star Trek sacred. I mean, yeah, I would like to see how they what celebrate does Christmas the look future. Like in, yeah, in other areas of the galaxy. Picard would have his traditional Christmas, but like, what would everybody else have? Let's see here. Real quick. I what, thought, somebody, for, I thought <laughs> Matt Yurick actually posted a question for us as well. Donnie Darko. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brokeback Mountain. Oh my gosh, Tom. <laughs> the Gladiator. I don't know. There are a lot I can think of now. You know what? Make it's on a roll. Braveheart. Do a sequel to the live action Beauty and the Beast set at Christmas. See if they can Ooh. improve the animated one. Let's do that. Let's watch that also. I'll totally watch that. You get Dan Stevens and anything, I'm going to watch it. 
All right. Well, also, y'all, at social on all these social media sites, vote in our five-year anniversary poll. Anything by Quentin Tarantino. Anything. Twice upon a has time ever, in Hollywood. Has he ever done anything said at Christmas? No. Django Unchained was set in winter. Now that I want to see. I want to see Quentin Tarantino do something set at Christmas. Yes. Unpopular opinion. Quentin Tarantino is the most overrated director in Hollywood right after James Cameron. Him and his foot fetish can go away. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And you know what? This guy, I'm, I'm convinced he just makes movies to drink champagne out of Margot Robbie's and Uma Thurman's shoes. I mean, you know what? Alfred That's Hitchcock a thing. Was a That's what he did. Yeah, but Alfred what? Hitchcock made really good movies. So is Quentin Tarantino. Debatable. Anyway. Fiction is not an amazing movie. Huh? Not, you cannot say Pulp Fiction is not an amazing movie or Reservoir Dogs. Anyway, Inglour- if you Inglour- have Inglour- Bastards, Christoph Waltz was the best part of Inglourious Bastards. He's the best part of everything that he's in. He's a good. He's a good guy, though. He'd make a good Mister Freeze too in a Batman sequel, actually. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a true statement. So tell us what you think. What movie sequel do you want to see set at Christmas? Let us know on all of our social media. Also, you, uh, I have not seen it yet or listened to it yet. But Julia and Anthony have recently done a Patreon episode that I'm looking forward to once I get to see the Batman where they go through the Batman. And I'm so excited to hear their thoughts and give my feedback where neither of them can hear it while I'm listening. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> we Maybe also have another. Is I'll, just reco- I'll just play them doing it and That's add it. my own commentary and we'll do another <laughs> Patreon episode <laughs> of that on reacting to them. That so would actually be really fun. That would be really funny. funny. So y'all <laughs> consider that. it a buck. A buck gets you uh, gets you to our Patreon. We get a bunch of uh, bonus content, uh, including Inclu- some cool stuff that we've got coming up for our fifth year anniversary. You'll have first access to get, including as well another episode. Me and Julie did talk of Fantastic Beasts, the new one. Mm-hmm. The other one I haven't seen yet. Yay! And <laughs> one that hasn't dropped yet, but Tom is editing Space Force, which has just been yeah, canceled. Yeah, he keeps talking about that. He keeps talking about oh. doing that. Now he's got this edit too, so. And now it's been canceled, the show. Yeah, I don't even feel like editing anymore. I'll just put it up raw. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, <laughs> I'll take that out. That was bad. Um, um, so next week we're covering the 1992 movie, Noel. Television Follow- special animated about the little red Christmas ornament on German Christmas tree. What you were the- so excited about last I'm week. I'm so excited Tom. about it. And I think it can only benefit the fact, benefit that special that it follows Jaws of Revenge. So that's good. Go. Oh, that's going to be, that, that's going to get it like at least three points up in my book, <laughs> no matter how bad it is. And then we're going to cover the 2009 Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus film. Um, Tom, men- Tom just mentioned it um, for, but regarding Patreon. We'll have some cool stuff for our five-year anniversary coming up. Speaking of our five-year anniversary, if you haven't yet, vote in the polls on all social media. We're doing a big event celebrating all the films we've covered. The past I'm also five. really excited, just so y'all know, we're diving back into, into TV soon, folks. So stay tuned. We've got good stuff. We've got the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air coming. We've got New Girl. We've got the Smurfs, Alvin and the Chipmunk. Oh, it's going to be so good. 
And new girl. I'm so excited. I am over the moon and probably more excited than anything else about the chronic what? Cults of Narnia. <laughs> there, I finally did it right. Third tries to charm. Bye. We have. Oh, you pulled the Julia. Oh, it! five years and I still can't get this. <laughs> we have 5,688 hours until Christmas. That is 237 days. 33 weeks, folks. We, we are almost at the halfway point. Leon Day's next month. Bye. Everything.